Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Our Hockey Jerseys podcast, a dive into the greatest sports uniform. I am your co-host, John. I'm Clay. And I'm Jared. How's everybody doing this week? Eh, I'm all right. Good. Good. Cold, why, but but I'm here. Why are you just all right, Clay? Ah, uh, just moving stress, I guess. Nothing big. <laughs> moving well, if, sucks. Yeah, if I was 11 hours south, I'd help you move. Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just war- it's just that. No big deal. But yeah, other- if I was 11 hours south, there wouldn't be any snow on the ground. Yeah, you'd be correct. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm tired. It's been a long week. Yeah, I bet. Um, band played two shows this weekend. <sighs> um, did anybody pick up anything new this week? Yes, I did. What'd you get, Jared? I got my ultimate grail, a game-worn Erie Otters 10th anniversary uh, Zach Torquato jersey from the 2008-2009 season. Zach it Taquito. is like wine, gold, and navy, and it's gorgeous, and I love it. it it's really pretty. I, I seen it. I seen it, and it's pretty. Customization is like really unique on those, and it's uh, the jersey. The first year they had it was the last year me and my dad had our season tickets. So, uh, and it was one of the, he bought me one when they came out, and uh, so I have a replica, and I've always wanted an authentic, and saw this pop up, and. Uh, immediately press the button and buy it. Yeah, you you sent it to me. You messaged me, and I was like, "If you don't, I I'll give you thirty seconds to click that buy it now." Because if you don't, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, it it's really pretty. I also got a uh, Penguins charity bag. Didn't get a jersey, but got a Mata signed puck and some other awesome goodies. Uh, there's a really cool book on the uh, past two seasons and bobbleheads. Bluetooth speakers, lounge chair for outside, like all kinds of weird stuff. So that, that sounds cool. Well and it's, it. I mean, the money went to charity, so it did. Went to a very good uh, cause. So, uh, Clay, did you get anything? Well, I would have gotten a Windsor Spitfires jersey today, but <laughs> boo! <laughs> but Gross. apparently, the mail lost it. I guessing they did because I went. I it's it said we've we've tried to deliver this. We gave put a notice at your door. There was no notice at my door. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the post office. Post office says we don't have it. It's probably on his truck again to deliver. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to have wait for me to sign off on it. And then it turns out they didn't deliver it all, and no one knows what the jersey is. Period. So I may have get one or not. And y'all have been telling me that's karma. So. Yes, the mail lost it. John and I had nothing to do with no, that. No, nothing. I don't have any sort of connections to any postmasters. <laughs> but um, I should be getting my Nigel Jaws jersey at the beginning of next week. That's the um, uh, Bars Astana um, jersey from the KHL. Weird story about him. He actually has played so long for Bars Astana, he's actually gained Kazakhstani citizenship and actually plays for them in the World hmm. Championships. And he actually plays for them in the World Championships. So... Fun fact. The more you know. The more you know. Um, I didn't pick up anything new. Um, I am getting a care package from Jared tomorrow, which I'm very excited for. Um, That I pretty much just like sent him some money and was like, buy me stuff in the Otter store. Because uh, they were having a, a massive sale, and the, the only thing that I know for sure that's in there is 
one of their new white jerseys and then uh, a shirt. I have no idea what else is in it, but I'm really excited. There's some other stuff in there. I'm excited. Other fun stuff. So you'll find out tomorrow. Yes, yes, I will get that tomorrow. Um, but other than that, I don't think I picked up anything new. Cool. Well, uh, we're bringing back three stars of the week this week. It's been a while. Yeah, it was uh, the past two weeks. I think we haven't had it on. We did the we did the Olympic jerseys. Yeah, and we yeah. had uh, John on last week. So yeah. So uh, uh, do we want to start with the third star? Yes, the third star was the Bruins and Blackhawks at a home and home this past week. And so I basically put them as both a third star, um, mainly because I love each team's home jerseys and I'm kind of iffy on both teams' away jerseys. So um, that's why I decided to put both of them on there. Like, I love kind of, I mean, the Bruins have kind of gone with the same team for most of their history. I mean, for the, for the, for the most part. I mean, there was the time when they had the black shoulder yoke all the way across, which I wasn't a huge fan of. And the Blackhawks, I don't like that their away jerseys are almost completely devoid of red. And even though I know they're called the, with a completely void of red, so even though that's like a main color in the original jersey and then on the other one, just kind of gone. That's the one thing I don't like about it, but otherwise I love these teams with home jerseys. I would love to see a home or a dark versus dark matchup of this, uh, but uh, I really like the Blackhawks jerseys. I actually really like their away jerseys. Um, I, I think the black numbering really works on them. Um, what I do hate about their jerseys is like the collar. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like the one solid color of the collar all the way around, uh, is the opposite. So like on the home jerseys, they have like a white ring around their collar. And then on the away jerseys, they have a red ring around the collar. It just doesn't look great. But, uh, the Blackhawks home jerseys, um, have, I think they won, did they win that? Uh, best jersey in the NHL contest. I believe they did. Yes, if they had. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. But I love uh, just the chain stitching on the um, Blackhawk logo. The the detail. The chain stitching. Yeah, and that on the shoulder patches. Like those jerseys are just so classic. Um, and then I really like the Bruins jerseys. Uh, you know, they're basically the Penguins jerseys, um, vice versa. So. Uh, you know, there's nothing really bad to say, and these the matchups look good on the ice. So, uh, yeah, I really I like uh, I prefer if we're going with whichever one the home and home was. Um, I liked the the Blackhawks home and the Bruins away better. I like the Bruins away jersey better than I like their home jersey. Um, I think that like the the little hints of yellow and black work really really well with those. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel about the Penguin jerseys too. I like I like the white way better than the, the black ones um and the the blackhawks jerseys are just classic and beautiful and pretty <laughs> that they are that they are john now next i believe we have the um oh, excuse me um we have the stars at habs mainly because we haven't talked about the stars a lot um that's uh, why I, I decided to choose them this week and um, because they kind of mainly because I think 
I'm not sure if their stars is 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 good. The new stars jerseys, I'm not. They're not new. They've been around, I guess, for the past four or five years. But comparative to their old jerseys when the Reebok Edge first started, they look a ton better than what they had. So I I kind of like I like the green. I wish they kind of went more back. If they can go back to more of a Minnesota North Stars vibe, having actually some shade of yellow in there, I would like it. And they kind of had the gold in the other jerseys. Like I said, the other jerseys were so bad because I hate the curved word mark over the number. And of course, yeah, those were awful. Yeah, and then the, and then the halves, and then the halves. I mean, I, the um, Canadians jerseys, um, home jerseys, my favorite of all of all the teams. The, I mean, the just the classic um, stripe, and it goes all the way around. I love stripes that go all the way around. I hate like the Florida Panthers that stop at the midpoint and don't go around the back. I hate that. The fact that those go all the way around. I mean, they're the that they've had that jersey. I think. Ever since they entered the NHL, I know they, they had some other ones before they entered the NHL, which is which is what uh, most Grails are these days. Um, so that's that's the main reason I, I picked that one for the second star matchup. Yeah, I uh, actually really like the Stars away jerseys. Um, on TV, they look like a different shade of green than they really are, but uh, I uh, they look a lot lighter for some reason. Um, they they actually played the Penguins this week too. Um, at the Penguin at in Pittsburgh, um, which I actually liked a little better. I know I'm biased, but uh, than the matchup against the Habs, just for the clash, I thought was better, and they looked better against each other on the ice. But I really like Montreal's jerseys. They're again, uh, you know, they've had pretty much the same design since they came in the league, and uh, they're they're a really great jersey. But the Stars, I I really like their ways. They also have that that modern. Um, flair to them with the uh the logo and uh um the shade of green they they're using now is is a little bit sleeker than um the green they used back in the mike madonna days more of a kelly green yeah i green's my favorite color so i i love the stars jerseys i really like their ways uh mostly because um they have two stripes at the bottom of the jerseys, and I think it's really cool that one of the stripes is black and one of them are green versus how, like, a lot of teams will do it will be, like, the stripe will be outlined in two smaller stripes of another color instead of just having two solid color stripes. Um, and I also like the vertical stripe on the pants of the Stars Away uniforms. Um, I think that works really, really well. And then, uh, you, you like... Like you all said, the Habs jerseys are just classic, um, and the it's their their home jerseys are one of the only jerseys I think that the like the Adidas like quote unquote collar actually works with the jerseys because it reminds me of like when the Habs jerseys used to actually have like that ribbed collar. Yeah, I really hated that they got rid of the ribbed collar from the last because I think they had that last year and maybe the year before. Um, when they switched from like the edge V, but, uh, I really liked the, um, I really liked those rib collars and if they can't do that, you know, these ones are, are pretty decent, um, comparative to the rest of the league. And Clay, what is our number one star? Our number one star this week is the Oilers at Flames. The main reason I wanted to do this was also, first of all, the jerseys, obviously, and secondly, because it is the battle of Alberta, um, the Oilers, I for one, I, I, we've said this before. I love the Oilers away jerseys a whole lot more than I love their home jerseys. 
I think the dark blue color really matches meshes well with, on the away side than it does with the, with the extra orange coating, or do you want to call it on the, on the on the home jerseys? And then the Flames have pretty much had the same kind of design since they ended up doing away with the flaming the um, flaming horse nostrils. Um, um, ever since they did away with those, they kind of went to the, the to the black sea with the numbers on the back. The only thing they changed, I believe, from the edge to the Adidas was that the numbers weren't italicized. The numbers in the last name font weren't italicized anymore. Kind of a minor change. I it made I think it made it look a little bit better, if not too much. But I kind of like that whole thing. Granted, I like the. Um, I wish they'd go back to eventually their um, uh, throwbacks that they had that they had in the Reebok Edge days. Um, but overall, I, I like this matchup mainly because it was, it's a rivalry matchup and the fact that I think the, the, the colors kind of clash well in that regard. Yeah, I love the Oilers away jerseys. Um, the one thing I would like to see the Flames do is get rid of the jer- or the uh, flag shoulder patches. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of those. Uh, the one, isn't the one like they put it on for the for like some anniversary celebration for the city and then like never took it off? I would th- um, yeah, I would think so because I know they have I one think, like that. And uh, um, then the other one's a Canadian flag. I guess it's kind of cool because it's something not any other team really does. But still, I think that jersey would look a lot better without those. Um, but overall, I really like. Uh, I love the shade of red that they have, and the yellow as kind of like the accent. The yellow and black as the accent colors really works. Um, but uh, the Oilers away is just. I love them now, especially with the shade of blue that they're using. Oilers away's jerseys are just beautiful and perfect. Period. In the conversation on that one, uh, the flames, the flames homes uh, look really, really good. Uh, the black sea really, really, really pops off of the the red um, background of the jersey, and um, like like Jared said, I, I like the the hint of yellow, the accent yellow uh, in the jersey. So that has been your three stars of the week. Uh, if you have any suggestions for the three stars next week, uh, shoot us a message, send us an email. Uh, we'll have all of our social media stuff linked in the description of the episode. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, this is something that we haven't really done in a little bit either. Uh, we're going to get back to doing, uh, taking you to history class and doing Jersey history. Yay! Um, Where are we being historicized today? Um, <laughs> Which we, I don't think is a real word, but... I'm gonna... I'm Googling it. Clay, take it from here. I'm Googling historized. Okay, we're doing the Colorado Avalanche history. Um, basically, they start off as... A, as They start off as the Quebec, Quebec Nordiques, which, were, which, were, which came from the original... Which came from the WHA... When it was kind of a merged situation, but not really. The NHL basically considered each team as its own expansion franchise, and they could only protect four players, and the rest were interspersed through the draft. Luckily, Edmonton got to keep got to keep Wayne Gretzky in that regard, but otherwise, they basically were kind of screwed in that deal. But they still were able to join the NHL. Um, they they had kind of the same basic design throughout, throughout the Quebec Nordiques NHL days. Um, Basically, uh, like a kind of baby blue ish tent on both the away, the ways and the, the homes and the aways. 
with the with a um fleur de lis shoulder patches and the fleur de lis on the on the bottom. Like I, I first of all, I love the simplicity of this look, and then then the igloo with the with the hockey stick that the igloo looks like an N. Um, and I believe for most part they kind of kept the same way through that. There's a couple of little minor changes. Um, throughout. yeah, they changed the uh font. Um, well, number one, their first jerseys in seventy nine eighty on the uh dark jerseys, the logo was white. Yes. Um, instead of red as it was on the uh, on the white jerseys, and then they changed that in eighty uh, eighty nine um, or from in nineteen eighty and kept that to eighty nine, and then really no real major changes. Um, but uh, then in ninety one, uh, they added uh, an outline to the numbers, uh, so the uh, they added the red outline uh, to both the away and home jerseys around the numbers. But really, uh, their jerseys stayed pretty much the same their entire existence, and they were great, great jerseys. Uh, you know, if they ever bring a team to Corbett, uh, to Corbeck, yeah. <laughs> those Corbeck Nordics. Those Corbeck Nordics. Uh, I'd love to see them kind of reuse something very similar. Uh, two, two quick things. Uh, one, historized is a word. Really? Uh, historized to tell the history of or to narrate as history is it urban um, dictionary or actual dictionary no this is oxforddictionary.com okay I'm oh wow sure. huh. um and two had Can no idea that was an igloo always thought it was an elephant <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway um back, uh, um Quebec, uh, Quebec was I always not... just thought it was an N um it actually is an eagle. I, I pretty I did re- read up on that. Um, basically, it was an elephant. <laughs> basically, shut up. It looks like an elephant. <laughs> I mean, I can see where you get elephant from it, but you know, um, because uh, well, you won't get it from the name because um, Nordiques, I believe, means Northerners in, in um, French. So the bit, the thing about um, Quebec was. I couldn't really attract any decent free agents because of where they were, unless you were a French speaker, because I think that kind of puts people off. Because I believe Quebec, the Quebec city is mainly uh, a, a francophone city as opposed to any other city. Well, I mean, Montreal, I mean, obviously has that too, but I think Quebec is even more so than Montreal. So I think Eric Eric Lindros famously um, didn't want to be um, was drafted and did not sign. There was a trade to the Flyers, which ended up bringing Peter Forsberg over to the Quebec Nordiques, which then leads us to when they moved in 1995 to Denver, to become the Colorado Avalanche, and surprise, surprise, first year they won their Stanley Cup championship, based partially based off that same trade. Um, first couple of years they had this. this uh, the, I mean the. Which I really like these jerseys as well. They had they kind of kept the bay a little bit. Also add in more of a burgundy red and kind of that little zigzag shape at the bottom of the jersey. And um, bigger font on the on the on the arch last names and then the um, uh, Yeti footprint sh- shoulder patches. Um, and I said they they won the sound of their first year back, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, they they um. They kind of they went to that darker shade of red they, back in the late nineties. Then they did, yes, in nineteen ninety nine they did, um, and they kind of kept that for a while. Then then their alternate was introduced in two thousand, which I really like. With the which 
Although I'm not big on any other team using diagonal lettering besides the Rangers, they kind of they kind of, they are the only ones. I do kind of like it in this regard. Um, they, they they added more black accents on this jersey because black is one of their colors, even though you mainly see it on the pants. Um, and um, but otherwise, really really good. I, I like the mainly burgundy shade on that whole jersey as well. Yeah, um, it's a gr- I actually I actually have one of those uh Joe's oh, really? one of those, yeah. Let's stop for the, and, uh, and I'll stop for comments now. So just <laughs> <laughs> the uh I um I actually oddly grew up a uh in the 90s um late 90s I loved watching me and my dad watched a lot of hockey and uh I really liked Peter Forsberg and Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh. So they were kind of my favorite team out of the western um you know early when they were in the uh was it the patrick and the um what was the other division uh before my time man sorry <laughs> yeah i that was before my time too but you know the, they were pretty much my favorite team out of the west and i hated the red wings so um that was like when dallas detroit and colorado were were in their heyday and um it was really fun to watch them in the playoffs and um I just I love their jerseys. I I love that they went back to those this year, which I know we'll touch on um, later on. The the zigzag like mountain logo on the bottom or mountain stripe on the bottom. Um, But I really like the darker burgundy they went to, Um, like the old starter jerseys from the mid 90s. I'm not a huge fan of uh, just because I don't think they looked great with the material they use, that shinier material. But then when they switched to the CCM um, darker versions in like the two thousand early two thousands. Uh, I really like when they switch to those. Plus, they also use Glacier Twill for their numbers, which uh, I'm a huge fan of as well. So, John, what do you think of these jerseys? Um, I, uh, I, I, I like the darker burgundy a lot more than I like the lighter burgundy. Um. And I think it just – that color burgundy, that color blue mix so well together. Like, I can't – I'm trying to think of, a, like, a metaphor that, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, they're just, like, they're dark, but at the same time, like, they're kind of, like, pastel-y. Does that make sense? No? <laughs> Figured. I think I know what you mean. They're, I know what you, you mean. You know, yeah. they're not a – Yeah. Um, I just think that the, like it's color just such scheme, a different color scheme, yeah. Like than than like black and gold or black and orange or you know red and white, um, red and blue. It's it's just something unique. Yeah, and you don't see many teams use it like an explicit three color scheme like they do. I mean, you'll have some teams use like an accent color, like you know that like we talked about the Flames doing these. This, but it's blue, burgundy, and black have always been their colors like that, which which is it's, it's interesting in my opinion. Um, but as we go now to the Reebok Edge switch in the 2007, Ooh. yeah, they took away the the whole mountain features on the jersey. They kept mainly the same color scheme. They they kept the Yeti footprint shul- um, shoulder patches. Um, but and then they had that uh, one of the Reebok Edge template designs, which I hate, and it pretty much took away all the uniqueness of their jerseys. 
Yeah, and then we have the alternate, which was based off of the original Burgundy alternate that they did um, back in 2001. They said this one was mainly blue with a um, burgundy shoulder yoke. And it's okay. I don't like the fact they straighten out the nameplate on the back. Um, but, it, I mean, I'm glad they gave blue its, call, its due, if you want to rhyme there. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's a decent jersey. But the one I really like is the one is the one we're talking about next is the is the dark blue ones with, with uh, um Colorado with the C from the Colorado flag on it and uh, yeah. around the mountain those uh, those you frequently see people like getting as a Grail jersey on the um subreddit and um I mean it's it's really clean I, they they never used dark blue in their template before but I don't think it's that much different than the regular blue they had. So and the fact they they kind of they didn't they didn't really use black at all here, but I think it's a really it really cleans up well and um, I'm th- do you think it's possible they bring that back when they introduce in the alternate jerseys next year? Yeah, I mean either that or their stadium series, which was uh, very similar. Um, it was white uh, with you know the sea didn't have like the um, avalanche or the mountain logo behind it. But uh, I also really liked their stadium series jerseys. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely something that they could, they could use. I'd like to see them kind of keep the, um, the mountain stripe along the bottom and use that maybe um, if they use like a dark blue Jersey and then the, the red across the um, shoulder and sleeves um, might be something cool that they could do, but, uh, yeah, that logo, I definitely think would be a good logo for them to use on their third. Your thoughts, John? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the diagonal lettering one. I think the blue looks way better than the, uh, the maroon one did or the burgundy. Really? That's, that's shocking. I'm the complete opposite, but I, I just like, I like that shade of blue better than I like that shade of burgundy. Okay. Um, I don't like that they put the shoulder yoke as a different color. Like if it, if it would have all been blue, I think that would have been way better. Um, but I do, I I did really like the uh, the the dark blue alternates in 2015 to 2017, the one with the triangle logo. Yeah, those are really nice. Um, I I I think those look really pretty. Um. And yeah, I do. I I enjoy the the mountain peak at the bottom, um, which actually, until you pointed that out, I had no idea that they had gotten rid of it until you said something, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, let me check this." <laughs> and it 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 looks significantly better. <laughs> and then, they're just one of those teams. If you're on the east, like it, they don't get shown a whole lot, so I don't. It's easy I, to. I don't think of the avalanche a whole lot. <laughs> And then now we come back to this year is when they they they're dead they're not the exact same as when they had back in the early um in the in the um two thousand in the early two thousands like they they they, they they I forgot to say earlier the C logo from their flag is now the shoulder patch there's now on the shoulder patch and they did it with the Yeti footprint which I didn't really like in the first place it didn't really seem like they they added too much to the jury so I, I think that was a good thing they went back to the state flag on that one. And then they, like I said before, they they re the they redid the mountain peak at the bottom. The font's a little the font's a little different than when they had their early two thousand, but overall, it's it's nice to went back to what they what really worked in the first place. 
yeah, I really like what they uh, did with adding gray as almost like their third color because I think it really works and accents the other two colors well. The fourth. Um, what's that? The fourth. Uh, they don't really use black in these jerseys at all. Well, I mean, other they use than in the, the pants. pants. That's that's yeah for the pants. Um, what I really would have liked though is if they would have kept the glacier twill uh, numbers, but with Adidas trying to go with a lighter, um, lighter numbers, uh, I you know I, I can see them getting rid of that, but. Um, you know, I, I really like the new design. Um, I actually, I like that they have just the, the gray as the outline for the, uh, um, striping instead of like gray, white, and black that they had on the other ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think, I think it's a huge upgrade and it's one of the few teams that, that really made the most of the transition to, to the Adidas. John, your thoughts? Uh, I pretty much agree with everything you all said. <laughs> well, alrighty then. That has been your Jersey history for this week. I'm Clay Coffin, and you will hear from me again shortly. <laughs> yeah, uh, so next week we're gonna do another team. We haven't decided yet, but, uh... Do I just do a randomizer? Uh, yeah, maybe. Or maybe we'll just keep randomly picking one and... And, and it lands on the Golden Knights. You know, we didn't really talk about... Well, never mind. Uh, they're part of the Devils organization, so... Colorado Rockies for, like, two years. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were longer than that. They were, like, six or seven. But... They can't see scouts from, like, two or three years. Yeah. I think yeah. They, even fo- maybe they may have gone four. I can't remember, but... Um... You can see they were two. They were two. Oh, okay. Never mind. 74, 75, 75, 76. So. I, think, I actually think the ECHL team in Kansas City still plays in that same arena. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. And then, and the, I, they did some kind of article on ESPN. I know it's ESPN, so take it with the grain of salt. They're trying to, people are trying to get Kansas City back in hockey. I'm like, they have a rink that old that could barely hold an NHL team then. So. And I know, and 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 with there already being a team in Missouri, it's gonna be kind of hard to pull that off. But I, yeah, it's with that, it's not gonna happen. I don't know why I even brought, I even brought that up. So never just you even edit that whole thing out if you want to. But I think I think the Capitals played a preseason game in Kansas City. Oh really? Yeah, I I think they played a preseason game against the Blues in Kansas City because both arenas were like being used for something else. Oh well. Hey, you never know. There's always yeah, I, a slim chance. Yeah. Can we do uh can we do the Pittsburgh Pirates jersey history next week? How many were there? Like three? <laughs> two? <laughs> there were three. Yeah, they okay. had a different design every season. Oh, uh, okay. Well, actually they they were like five seasons. Uh they had the same design for like the first three and then be cool to see a uh, Pirates Quakers matchup for the uh outdoor game next year, but that'll never happen either. They wore like the same color. Oh yeah, they 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 did. It's yeah. Like, well, well, I mean, weird, like, like which team is which? It's like that weird creamy orange color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, teams are very inventive with this kind of stuff. Like, I know the Boston Bruins when they wore their stadium series a couple of years ago with uh with the old Tommy the Pooh Bear, not the Pooh Bear, but the Boo Bear, not not the Boo Bear either. But the one that the black jersey with the Boston Bruins font and the furry bear in the middle—I don't. Well, <laughs> somebody. I'm sorry. 
Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Somebody with a furry fetish was just like, I gotta get this jersey. (laughs) 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 Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Well, y'all were talking about the um, Pittsburgh-Philadelphia matchup. They're the same club be hard to do. The thing is, the it, every team is kind of semi-manipulating a former design to make it more suitable for what they want to do. Like the Boston Bruins um, in their stadium series a couple of years ago tried to go back to the first edition Bruins jersey. That color jersey was brown, and they made it black. And then the second... Is that the furry bear jersey or the non-furry bear jersey? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And in Pittsburgh, I think I believe in their second winter classic jersey, you know, they're coming in auction for a couple of years. They kind of had like a hodgepodge of different logos and colors comp- compiled into their um, winter classic jersey, which I believe was darker blue, but also had the same font as the first jersey. Even though the first jer- it was the it was the dark uh, blue from like the bottom stripe of the jersey they wore right before. Actually, it's it's the dark blue of the jersey they wore right before they switched to the black and white ones in seventy seven to eighty, and then it was the circle logo from like sixty eight to like seventy one. No, it was it was also the one they only used for one year. But those never put on the jersey. The owner hate what the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, the owner hated that logo, and that's why they didn't put it on the jersey. They used diagonal lettering instead. On that was the first year jerseys. On um, the diagonal lettering on the on the way in the home. Unless I'm wrong on this, if I'm if I'm wrong, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure because then the the later logos had had the ones that were used on the um first um Pittsburgh first Pittsburgh Penguins State Series jersey with the circle logo and the happy skating penguin. And then the light blue and the hubbub and the huzzah and the moiden, and um, that was a Simpsons reference if anybody didn't get it. Yeah, it's like the vintage looking uh, skating penguin. He also has a scarf on. Yeah, but the, but, but uh, the one on the late the later one was the first penguin's logo that they didn't use on any jersey. They only use which one are you talking about? The later because the, the blue, the dark blue one is the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about, about the dark blue one with the, yes, the, yeah. that yeah that's that one. They never, they never used that logo on any actual jersey, but it's kind of like a just a um, play off of their circle. Logo. Yeah, and I, but I thought the the whole reason they never used it was because the owner thought it looked dumb. I, at least that's what I've seen before. If I, if, of course, it might have been from Wikipedia. So if I'm completely off base, let me know. But I, I thought that was the whole reason they they used the diagonal lettering the first year and then kind of used a more updated version for the second point, second year for the um, second year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've never looked at the the older ones that much. Okay, but um, anyway, um, are we going to go into our set, our our main stories now? Now, yes. Let's move around on the to the news section. Um, <clears throat> and the first thing I want to talk about, um, Jessica Platt, uh, is now the first openly transgendered. A hockey player in the Canadians Women Hockey League. Yeah. And I think this is absolutely phenomenal. It is, and you're right to say it like that. It, yeah, is. it is. However, there was some very disturbing comments in a post on the R Hockey subreddit 
about it. Um, about people saying that this isn't fair and that she shouldn't be playing and all this, etc. And the first thing I want to say is open your fucking mind and shut the fuck up. <laughs> it is hockey is for everyone, man. Yeah, and the thing, the main thing was yeah. they have precedence for this in place. Where they have to have the hormone levels of a woman, which she does. And every, and the, they're very and so she follows all the rules here. And the fact that she's saying this is kind of like you said, very disturbing. It's it's just like it's funny because like how many people have put their two cents on it, but like they could never skate or shoot a puck or play hockey like anywhere near as well. She will she'll be able to. So like just shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's it's fucking mind-boggling that it's 2018 and these people still exist and think the way they do. Like, get your head out of your ass, please. Either way, I think I think this is amazing. I think she's great. Um, I think she'll do extremely well. Obviously, the CWHL thinks she's woman enough to play in the women's hockey league like and these motherfuckers aren't like like i i want to see these motherfuckers go one-on-one with her and just get demolished well that's the thing <laughs> like, it seems like the only ones that are complaining are are just random people it seems like our teammates are okay with it or their competitors are okay with it the league's okay with it I like everyone's okay with it except people that want to put their two sensitive they don't matter so i think in that in that regard it's good that it's people that don't matter but still, it's kind of disturbing that people are still talking about stuff like that. Yeah, way, I completely agree. Congratulations to Jessica. Sincerely, like I, this, it's it's amazing. It's great. You know, hockey is for everybody. Like it, it, it going back to like the Devonte Smith Pelly accident. Like you can't, you can't exclude somebody from something. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like it expands the game and like just helps to get it out there to more people and um you know if you love hockey it's it's a great thing for hockey it's making um hockey more like i said accessible to fans that might not have been fans and gets a lot more people interested Definitely, so yes. you know which is absolutely great expand the game as much as you can and uh that's why we have expansion teams coming in and you know the women's league which is doing really well um you know so, as John said, assholes will be assholes. It's a great thing. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so John got his rant. Do I get to have my rant now? Yeah, yeah, sure. Another goaltender f***ing interference uh, debacle this week. Like it, it's becoming worse than what is a catch. Figure out what goaltender interference is stick to it and just end the constant debate over it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Brian Dumoulin, who's a defenseman for the Penguins had a gorgeous move against Toronto uh, to score a goal. Um, There was minimal contact with the goaltender, but the contact was mainly caused by Ron Hainsey, like pushing um, Dumoulin while he had the puck. Uh, and they not only called it goaltender interference, but called a penalty on Dumoulin on it, 
and Toronto immediately scored. So it took a game that would have been three one to four nothing. Uh, the Penguins ended up losing four to two. I'm not saying they would have won uh, or even got a point out of the game, but still, it changed the course of the game, and they need to figure out what the f*** they're doing with goaltender interference. Yeah, so I didn't, I, Jared was one who brought this to my attention and sent me a link to it, um, and I am 100% not a Penguins fan at all whatsoever. I watched this, and it is the most bullshit call I have ever seen when it comes to goaltender interviews. <clears throat> um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I have, I have a cough, but go ahead. <laughs> so, like, I, I remember... homerism on both our parts. <laughs> At at some point last year, something like that happened where I th- probably fucking Brooks Orpic pushed somebody into fucking Holby, and <laughs> and I mean, Brooks Orpic is like the greatest defenseman, and and you know, and the other team scored, and the Capitals tried to challenge for goaltender er- interference, and it was ruled not because fucking Brooks Orpic pushed the fucking forward into Holby, like it, it's. And that's exactly what happened. And what's even what, what's even more mind-boggling is the fact that even though Dumoulin was pushed into, I don't know, who was the goalie, Anderson? Yeah, it was Frederick Anderson. Dumoulin, bare, like, skated so well out of that push that he, like, that he barely even touched Anderson at all. It was a gorgeous move. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I just, number one, Dean Morton, it has had some notorious bad calls against the Penguins. Um, a goaltender interference in that. Um, um, oh, what was it? It was the uh, Winter Classic against the uh, Penguins and Capitals, and uh, the he had a terrible goaltender interference call that disallowed a Penguins goal that would have tied that game up. Um, and uh, I just. Again, it's becoming, is it a catch? Excuse me, is it a catch? Like, figure out something, call it consistently. That's the only thing I want is consistent calling because it just needs to be some some semblance of consistency because one thing is goaltender interference. Somebody could tap the goalie and it's goaltender interference. Then somebody runs over the goaltender and it's not. So figure it out. I mean, same here. I mean, my cough, my, my cough that I was joking about was... Um, James Neal slashing Connor Hellebuck over the head. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, them breaking his stick over. And his them head. not calling goaltender interference on James Neal over that. And then Blake Wheeler same same um, dropping the f bomb uh, after the game, saying he broke his effing stick over his head. And you're not going to call it. Oh, you can say it. We're just going to bleep you, you it can out. Say broke his. I know, stick. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Well, I've already said one swear today, so I guess. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, and. That one, I mean, that was a big one for me because I was just furious. And the thing was, the Jets ended up losing that game in overtime, so that could have easily been a, a win. And I'm not saying, and of course, anything, cha- anything, little things change over the games. So I'm not saying they would have won, but that definitely could have pushed them ahead because Kyle Connor, I believe, scored around four or five minutes left to tie it because that put that put um that that um put the uh, Golden Knights up two one. So that one was a big thing, but. If this is worse, then is it a catch? I mean, it seems like you have at least one is this a catch penalty calls once a year in the NFL. Granted, the NFL is a shorter season, I know. But 
it doesn't seem like this happens all the time. And maybe it hasn't gotten to the level it has yet because it hasn't made a, a major that it hasn't been a major blown call like a big playoff game. But that's going to happen. There's so many playoff games now. Oh, that's yeah. going to happen. Well, and I think it was I think it was Mike Babcock that came out uh, like. Was it after this, or it might have been even before this happened, and said that we need to figure out goaltender interference before the playoffs this year and get something set and in order? And he's absolutely right because they absolutely need something that's that's going to be impl- implemented before the playoffs, active for the playoffs, or you're going to have some some terrible call made that could change the course of a series. Yeah, that's what I mean. Definitely. And it's, I don't know, it's getting to the point where it's just so frustrating because I think somebody did a grid, I, mean, I don't know, we talked about how bad our hockey was before, but someone else did a grid on our hockey where they had like, where one, where one, um, where one rule kind of over, overstayed the other rule when, when calling goaltender interference. Now one rule would, be, would say it would be, but also said it wasn't going to be. And there's so much confusion of the rule there. I think there needs to be something, like we said, to make it cohesive, make it big. I mean, I think like in European hockey, the second year in the crease, it, it's it, it's done with. Dunskis, goal, no goal, which I don't want. It was I don't think it needs to come to in the NHL. Because um, I, like I said, I, I, I sorry Buffalo fans, but that's what but that's a, brings back a, a bad flashback to Buffalo fans. But that's what happened in the, in the um, I believe 1999 Stanley Cup Final when Brett Hull had to skate in the crease and score the game-winning goal. But I don't want to come back to that because I think there needs to be at least some sort of wiggle room there because this, I I don't think that if as long as they don't make contact with the goalie they should be that should be a goal but something needs to be worked out something needs to be worked out soon especially especially before the playoffs yes yeah I I absolutely agree figure uh, it out <laughs> so let's move on um uh let's the rocket Richard. Uh, trophy race is getting ridiculous right now it's one of the most fun ones to watch in a long time yeah. um sorry go ahead Glenn. oh yeah i mean line a has got has just been on a tear recently i believe he i believe he i do not think he scored tonight's game but i believe he had 15 goals the past 12 games so i mean he's been on just a complete tear recently and right now he's one behind alex ovechkin unless ovechkin did ovechkin play tonight uh, okay. No, no, we don't play again until Thursday. Okay, so he's still one behind Ovechkin, so that's that's definitely going to that going to heat up. And I bl- I put on the outline Patrick Line and Alex Ovechkin, so I'm sorry, Jared, for not including uh, Should Malkin. Be. Malkin's Malkin's only three back, and uh, he has uh, just an insane. I, I think it's like 46 points in his last 28 games. And then he'll win the Art Ross. Um, just 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 leave the Rocket Richard to the Jets players. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gino, you can do it. No, uh, I, I I doubt that Gino will pull close uh, enough to, to overtake it. But he's also played in three less games than Ovechkin and four less games than Line. So, um, you know, I think for that, that's uh, definitely impressive. It, 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 it definitely is. Um. And they had, you know, Crosby won it last year and had probably the best year um, goal-scoring-wise he's had since he won it. Uh, was it tied with Jamie Benn a few years ago? Or no, with Stamkos. Um, 
back in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, what happens if two players are tied for it at the end of the they season? They both get it. Do they just give it to yeah, both? Yeah, they both get it. Yes. Um, yeah, and if it's uh, if it's tied for the Art Ross, the one with more goals gets it, I believe. So, um, Monday night, uh, the Jets played the Capitals, and at that point in time, uh, Ovechkin and Line A were tied at 40 goals apiece. Um, and then Ovechkin scored to get uh, 41, and then he scored again to get 42 and his 600th goal of his career. Awesome. Um, and it's, it's a huge milestone. It's great. He's the only, what, like the ninth player in history? Or, or no? He's the, he's the 20th player in history, 20th. and he's the fourth fastest player to do it. Um, He did it in 990 games. Uh, Brett Hull did it in 900, and then it was Lemieux and Gretzky in like 700 and some odd games apiece. Or yeah, something like that. Um, their records are going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, um, but what I loved about – well, it's I loved it because it was his 600th goal, but what I thought was great was it wasn't your typical Ovechkin from the left circle shot. It was him getting down and, you know, at, at the goal, getting nitty-gritty dirty and goals. fighting for the puck. Yeah, and, and scored it, and it was, it was awesome. And – uh, the it it happened at Capital One Arena. the The arena erupted, and both the Jets and the the referees were very um, kind in letting that celebration happen for a little bit. Yeah, and then his parents wrote a letter today on uh, NHL.com. I didn't get a chance to really read it, but um, from what I browsed through it, it was pretty neat to see them write a letter to him that they published for everybody to see. Yeah, and the thing is yeah. about Line A, Line A said he, the most person he admires is Alexander Ovechkin. So I think that was cool that um, them, they're kind of battling out, like, mentor and mentee. Even though they didn't mentor each other, obviously, but, like, I guess fan and player back now battling back and forth for the final, um, for the final trophy. And to your point earlier... Um, you mean the three-way battle for the trophy? No, two-way. Um, <laughs> uh, your point earlier, uh, Jared, Sidney Crosby and Steven Stamkos tied in 2010 with both having 51 goals. And and the okay. weirdest one was in 2003-2004 where they had a three-way tie for the trophy at 41 goals each. Is that Jonathan Tutu? Jonathan Chichu had one. Jonathan Chichu, Chichu. Um, had fifty-six. Tutu. <laughs> I was like, "Do you mean Jordan Tutu or Jonathan Chichu?" Yeah, won Jordan Tutu never won the rocket. He won it himself in two thousand six with fifty-six, and and uh, then he okay. had a precipitous drop off after that. And now recently retired, but in two thousand four, it was Rick Nash, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Jerome Ginla, all with forty-one goals. Which is kind of weird. I mean, that was before two thousand five. 2004, that was before the lockout. In fact, that was such a low score, goal scoring tile. It's kind of weird, in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah, that is. Um, but that, but we're talking about people getting tied. All three of them are credited with the trophy. Yeah, Jonathan uh, uh when he won, when he won it, I think, I, I think he's only played like 197 career games, and has one of like the the highest goals per goals scored in like one season. Attributable to career. He has 501 um, career games. 
Oh, maybe that was the one that had the lowest, had like 60 goals in 197 games. But he was, he's one of like the lowest uh, attributed to per season goals or one of the highest uh, percentages of goals in a season per like the whole Yeah, career. he has 170 goals in his, in his That's career. That's it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he went from and 56... Like, 56 his first year in the league, he had 28, then he went to 56, then he had 37, 23, 12, then 5. Then he was out of the league. <laughs> That's a pretty big drop yes, off. Is. The first year, not That's so a... bad, but ever since then, yeah, it's kind of... John, your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's going to be a really fun race. Um. Also, in that game, Line A scored his 31st, 41st, 31st. He scored his 31st. Um, <laughs> also, outside shot, uh, Eric Stahl. Like, what a season he's having, too, by the way. Um, 37 goals so far this year. So he's five back. Um, and he's been playing real well. Yeah, too. I have a friend who's a Rags fan, and he hates Eric Stahl's doing so well just because of how bad he played for the Rangers that one year in the draft of the trade deadline. John, your thoughts. <laughs> I could not care less about Eric Stahl. Thank you, John. Um, I so uh, another big milestone. Mark Andre Fleury had his four hundredth win. So good on him. He's the uh, he's in, and I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering all these stats tonight because I saw a lot of them, but I think like 12th or 14th goaltender of all time to hit that. I got you. Keep on talking. You keep talking. Check me. Yeah, I think 14th, maybe. I I don't know. It's somewhere between 10 and 15. Um, but, like, it's really surprising. I mean, it is and it isn't. Uh, he's was the number one overall pick. Um, you know, playing with the Penguins in the Crosby era really helped him with a lot of that, but... Uh, you know, good for the flower. Uh, we miss you. And uh, I, uh, you know, couldn't be happier for him. Like, I'm glad he's doing well out in Vegas. And he's had, you know, a huge resurgence this year. And, um, you know, he uh, definitely deserves it. Yeah, congratulations to him. Um, Jared, do you think he'll hit 500 wins? Uh, that's that, that would be really tough. I mean, he could. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him he's what 34 35 um i don't oh he's only 33 so that would be like three more seasons at like a decent win record yeah at uh you know if you figure he plays 50 games a year wins 33 30 of them 33.3 of them yeah yeah, uh, you know, he'll probably play right around 50, I'd imagine. Um, you know, especially if he's had some injuries. I I could see him playing longer than three more years, but I don't think he'll be a starter longer than that. Um, you never know, though. Yeah, he could he could pull some crazy stuff. He he always seems I'd love to. to. S- I'd love to see him do that. I mean, like, he's just such a quality person. Uh, he's one of the best best overall people in the league he's just you know does a lot for charity does a lot for the community and 
Um, you know, he did he did a lot for the city of Pittsburgh while he was here, and like I said, I'm really happy to see him doing so well in in Vegas. Yeah, he 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 deserves it. He's he's an amazing person and a an amazing goaltender. So, and Dash, did you find that stat? Yes, he is the thirteenth <laughs> goaltender to have 400 wins. Okay, so I said 12th or 14th, but it was right in between. Uh, who are who are some of the others? Um, we have uh. Re- Marty. Right above, yeah, Martin Brodeur has 691. I doubt that's going to be caught anytime soon. Um, we have Patty Wall, Wall Belfour, Luongo, Cujo, Sawchuck, Plant, Lundquist, Esposito, Hall, Fuhr, and Osgood. Above him, obviously. Yeah, he's in he's in good company on that list. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty oh, solid I list. Hashi would be on that list, but right, he's actually right behind on Mount Andre Fleury with three hundred and eighty nine wins. Yes. Really, that surprises yes, me. I would have thought he would definitely be on that list, but I think maybe he played a little bit. I don't think. Let's see. Yeah, he play, actually played in seven more games than Mark Andre Fleury um, in his in his career. So. Huh, that is surprising, wow. but I think his save percentage is higher. But other than that, I think, huh, that's weird. Well, I mean, he did play. He did play on yeah. the Sabers for um, a lot of some of their good times and a lot of their bad times. So I'll I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know. Um, I don't know how many more years Luongo will play uh, or how many more Hank will play, but you know if Flurry's up in the top five six. Of all time, um, I I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, definitely. By the end of his you career, know the- I mean he's at four hundred, and uh, you know Luongo's at four sixty seven. Eddie Belfour's at four eighty four. So if he hits five hundred, he'd be third all time. You don't think he's gonna pass Brodeur? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not a, it, it's gonna be a long time before somebody passes Brodeur. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can think of a goalie who. Is hell, but <laughs> oh yeah. How old is Hellabuck? Like twenty four, I believe twenty three. Oh, I didn't realize he was that young. I didn't either. I thought he was. 20. No, he's old. I know he's younger than me. I'll look it up real quick. Hold on. Keep talking. Twenty four. Keep talking. He'll be he'll be twenty five May nineteenth. Okay, so he's he's older than I thought he was, but he's still he's still young. Um, but yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I I still don't really see any like I just I can't think of any goalie in the league right now who is young enough and talented enough to to Matt Murray. get to Matt that Murray. Record. Matt Murray. If he no, if he if he plays enough games, he's injury prone. So, Carl, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised Pekarene is not higher on that list. But because uh, he's he's been around for a while too, but um, you know, especially goaltenders, it, they just develop for so long that um, you know sometimes they don't get in until they're twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, and I was then, gonna say Holby didn't really know, hit his stride until he was like twenty five. Yeah, so it, it's harder to do that. You know, Flurry came in the league first overall pick, and immediately saw action. So. You know, it, it it's few and far between that that you see a goaltender uh, that comes in. That you don't say first overall pick like it's a good thing. You remember Rick DiPietro? 
<laughs> I sure do. Brent Johnson with the career-ending punch to yes. the jaw. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... In the brawl. Especially with, like, how how often and how quick that the the game like changes and like it's hard for goalies to adapt to that yeah it really is although uh dph is still getting paid some big bucks so i don't feel so bad for no, him. No. <laughs> they're still paying his contract for like the next what like 10 years i mean it was some ridiculous buyout um does anybody have any other news well, the Jets really need to get healthy soon. That's what I'm. That's what I'm banking on. Like I, I remember I said this to Jared before the podcast. The Jets have all four of their starting centers hurt right now. So Blake Wheeler's had to move over to center again to diet because we had we've had Mark Shifley, Adam Lowry, Paul Stasty, and Matt Hendricks all hurt um, for tonight's game. Um, granted, it looks like Stasty may be out just for a couple of games, but still, it's kind of scary to me at that point. Three of our top six demon are hurt right now, so it's getting kind of scary. Grant and and, and um, but maybe they're going the more conservative route and kind of resting players for the playoffs. But still, I I really hope that we get healthy for the playoffs and healthy quick. Um, yeah, uh, the Penguins. Brian Rust is coming back hopefully soon, and Matt Murray uh, started taking shots today. Um, so that's always a good sign. The Metro battle has been a blast to watch, uh, and I think it's going to come right down to the wire between, uh, the Pens, Caps, Flyers, and Devils, um, and that's going to be a really interesting matchup, because, uh, you could have any of those four teams playing each other in the first round, um, and non-hawking new, or non-hawking non-hockey news Stephen Hawking just died apparently what? So, Whoa, what? rest in peace what? Stephen Hawking yeah yeah 70 76 what? Uh... just got an alert here so that's why I said non-hawking news but I meant non-hockey news it was about no, Stephen Hawking that's upsetting that is, it is. tried to explain the universe one of the most brilliant minds ever that sucks oh wow um but uh, back to hockey. Yes, back um, to hockey. For the Capitals, Philip Grubauer has started the last three games, um, and has won two of those three games, including one shutout. What is going on with Braden Holby? I uh, he, so he got pulled, um last uh a week ago today actually during the anaheim game when he let in three goals on nine shots and then uh grubauer came on relief saved eight of eight shots and then they anaheim netted uh put in an empty netter and then he played against the kings and only let in two goals and then the kings got an empty netter and then he shut out the Sharks, and then he let in two goals on Winnipeg. Like, Grubauer is on fire right now. Um, and the the goals that were scored on him weren't easy goals. Like, like the ones that Holby was letting in prior to, prior to Grubauer getting the start. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of people talking about, like, 
when Holtby will come back and such. And we have a home-and-home with the Islanders on Thursday and Friday. Um, And I fully expect Holtby to get one of those starts. Um, But I'm actually hoping that they continue with Grubauer starting for a while. Unless Holtby shows some sort of flash of brilliance in his game. That would Uh, be an interesting goaltender conundrum if they go into the playoffs starting uh, Grubauer and then still have Holtby, like, what do you do? I mean, that's not a bad problem to have, as you saw with Flurry Murray last year, but um, still can kind of destroy the psyche of, of your starter if you're not careful. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, look at look at what happened to Flurry. <laughs> like, now he is doing amazing in Vegas. Granted, yeah, he, that's true. Granted, he's not with the Penguins, and I'm not saying that Holtby's going to get traded, but, you know, like – the, the something happened after Grubauer shut out the Sharks. Uh, when Holtby after the game, when everybody lines up and like you know hugs their goalie or whatever, Holtby kissed uh, Grubauer on the helmet. <laughs> um, so I don't like, like, yeah, I'm sure it sucks for him, but at the same time, I think he he sees it as like you know Grubauer's playing great. Like Grubauer is playing for a starting goalie contract next year, somewhere. Yeah, uh, if they go that route, or maybe the Holtby could be. Dun, dun, dun. I doubt it. <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, you, um, you never know. I doubt it, but it maybe. <laughs> in uh, uh, non-any of our team news, the Arizona Coyotes still have a slim shot to make the playoffs. Somebody on our hockey did a calculation and they have a 1 in 17.6 trillion chance of making the playoffs because they need to uh, they need to win all the rest of their games. Uh, they need to have the Kings lose every game and a whole mess of other things to happen. So, and other than Anaheim beating L.A., they also need Anaheim to lose every other game of the season as well. <laughs> <laughs> let's go coyotes fun, fun math there's always it's, always looking on the bright side it's like i saw something uh the other day at, uh i think like uh nhl on nbc on facebook posted something but it was like if the playoffs started today and and showed a bracket and i saw the avalanche there and i was like really they're like i knew they went on like that 10 game win streak but I didn't realize that they were the first wild card in the West. Oh yeah, it's. It seems like reading Duchesne, getting rid of Duchesne kind of puts a new life into them, in my opinion. Because um, I don't think they they mostly got prospects out of that deal. I believe with that three way deal between Nashville, Ottawa, and Colorado. The thing is, that was a, I think that was a big distraction. I mean, everyone knew they were going to trade Duchesne. But no one knew when it was going to happen. It was hanging over their head the past year, and so they finally got it done. It seems like, they, they, it seems like a good um, thing in that that regard. And speaking of Nashville, how about Nashville just straight up tearing everything up at the same time? Yeah, they've been on a roll too. Yeah, they have. Tampa's looked sketchy over the past few weeks, but uh, you know they're still winning games. But I think didn't they give up like seven goals to? Ottawa tonight. Did they? It was uh Yeah, seven to four. They lost to Ottawa Oof. tonight. Which is just not a good outing for them, but uh 
you know, Nashville's just been on a tear. So, could win that President's Trophy, although we know how much the uh, President's Trophy means when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, a Capitals fan would know that. <laughs> so, See, just it's not just me. Just real quick, the the one thing that uh, that that annoys me about that, you know, um, like yes, the President's Trophy really doesn't mean anything in the terms of anything because it's not the Stanley Cup. It's not, you know, it's not winning everything. I still think teams should be like it. I mean you came in first the entire season. Like that's still a hard thing to do. And that's like, I still think it should be celebrated. Nah. I, 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 I don't, I don't think the president's trophy should be talked down upon as much as it is. I don't really know what they have in my opinion. I mean, you don't see the best record in any other league get a trophy besides MLS. Um, so in and, and MLS is a little more highly regarded because in most, in most countries, the team with the best record does win the league trophy. There is no playoffs. So I don't really see why there's a need for one in the NHL, in my opinion. So, so I'm sorry if I'm completely against you in that regard. That's fine. We all have opinions. I don't care. I still like you. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree with, with Clay on that one. But Whatever, guys. Whatever. <laughs> Do the podcast yourself. <laughs> is it time? Is it time? Right. Is it time? It is. It is time. Let us move on to our final segment and everybody's favorite segment. It's a game show within a podcast. It is... Guess that grill. Guess that grill. Guess that grill. And I won last week for the first time for ever. For some reason. Oh, my Yay. God. So I got to pick the jersey. Um. So I got it. I'm ready. You guys I'll let go. Jared ask the first question on this one. Is it a Pooh Bear? No. Is it a Boo Bear? Yes. <laughs> Yay, I win. Game over. Is it? Uh, let's see here. Uh, neither of those were actual questions. Uh, is it... Um, let's see here. Is it a team that is currently in the NHL? Yes. Is it a team in the Western Conference? Give me one second. I'm pretty sure yes. Just tell me the team, I'll let you know. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Is it... Uh, let me think here. Is it a team... That is in the Central Division. Yes. Okay. Has the team ever moved from their current, but before their current location? I don't think so. I'm almost certain they haven't. Okay. Is it a Nashville Predators blue third jersey? No. Damn. Is it a Nashville Predators jersey? No. Uh, let's see here. Is the team... Oh, man. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, is the team in uh, Canada? No. Okay, so what do we got? Blackhawks, Stars. Wild. Predators. Wild Blues. Predators. Blues. Oh, I... Uh, could be the Blues. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Predators, the Blues, have and the Blackhawks are the only three that have never been like an expansion team. Right. And the Wild. You say the Wild? Oh, the Wild are expansion. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, the Wild. Well, the Wild were. Um... Oh yeah, the Wild are an expansion yeah. team. Okay. Yeah. But the old Minnesota North Stars, so. Um, or not Minnesota North Stars. Who's the Minnesota team before that? Minnesota North Stars. No, Minnesota, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, never mind. Okay, is it my turn? I'm losing my mind. Is it my turn? Yeah. Um, ooh. Um, is this a CCM jersey? Yes. Okay. Is it? I do believe a, so. Uh, is it a St. Louis Blues jersey? Yes. Is it the Duke jersey? The Trumpets yes. jersey? Yes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! But that that jersey never actually existed. Yeah. Well, neither, neither did the Nordiques one that you did. <laughs> That is very true. No, I so I was I was sitting here trying to think of a Grail, um, and that one popped into my head. And I was like, "Let me do that one," and I went to the NHL uniform database, and I was like, "I don't see it." So I had to Google it and found out that it was never actually put into like production. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do it anyway." <laughs> I was thinking it was the uh, the one Gretzky wore with like the slanted. Uh... Numbers. The, the weird one where the first number is half the size of the second yeah, number. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I thought about that one, but then I remembered the trumpet jersey. I was, I've heard of the Duke jersey. That's why I, I got it. <laughs> um, that was good. It took you guys ten questions to get that. So it's my turn next time. Well, I've got a good one. I've got a really good one. I've got. It's a Pooh Bear. Yes. Ah, oh, damn. I'm thinking of another one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really good. If you get it, I would just be like, ah. Ah. Anyway, so I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, uh, thank you to Aquatic Lasso for the use of their song, Earth Crusher, as our intro and outro music for the podcast. Um, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, uh, or, or would like us to use Gucci Gang as our No! <laughs> Um, if you, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at our hockey Jersey cast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at, uh, our underscore hockey jerseys. And, uh, we are on Reddit as our hockey Jersey cast. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah. So anything you want to say to us, hit us up on there. We're all on the discord under our personal names. Uh, we're all on the subreddit under our personal names. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So uh, I've been John. I'm Clay Nation. I'm Jared. And remember, clap bombs, fuck moms. Wheel, Wheel snipe, snipe, and fucking sell you, boys. Even Gretzky got traded. <laughs>